0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. My name is Scott Challoner, and once again, I'll be exploring a new perspective on leadership, joined each week by a different CEO, CFO, Director, President or Government Minister, and one day perhaps even the Transport Secretary, once he has undergone his mandatory two-week quarantine, of course. The aim in these interviews is to discover who these people are, the people who get up each morning and make this country work. We discuss everything from how you build a business up from scratch and then adapt, right through to securing a lucrative contract, and of course the innovation and success that makes it all worthwhile in the end. We also get their take on the current economic and political landscape here in the UK. We will be hearing from former Education Secretary and current Leaders' Council Chairman Lord Blunkett a little later on in the show, but first and foremost, I am delighted to be joined by Michael Carolambus, founder of TradeForce Gas and Heating, one of London's most efficient emergency gas and heating services. Established in 2006 and initially working as a sole trader, TradeForce has seen significant profitability and growth and now employs 10 people after securing a lucrative gas engineering contract with a state-aid Kinley, Focard, and Haywood. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Mike Carolambus onto the program. Good morning, Mike. Very warm welcome to you, and thank you ever so much for taking the time to join us on the program today. It's
1: my pleasure. I've always got time for you.
0: It's wonderful having you uh, with us uh, once again, Mike, and we're here, of course, to talk about leadership and really bring that into focus on uh, the programme today. But since this generation of business leaders, both politically and in business, is facing, I think it's fair to say, one of the greatest challenges of our time at the moment, it would be remiss of me not to ask just how the COVID-19 situation has affected you and your business operations.
1: Yeah, well, um, obviously a lot of people, it stands still with a lot of the companies are closed down and a lot of my clients are sort of like, well, they've closed their business. So, um, the work stream is much, much lower. So what I had to do, obviously the, um, the, the government have helped enormously by following my staff, which has helped enormously because otherwise I would have definitely voted. Um, the next thing that I have got a bounce back loan which I needed to make my general costs run and my business still sort of like float um, in these hard times. Um, I have spoken to my um, staff throughout and tried to contact my clients all through throughout this COVID. Morale is generally low, but I am trying to boost them up by staying positive, sending text messages, sending emails and... um. All positive stuff to say that we will get through this, and um you know I am there for um, all my staff and my clients, which I have been um we have been running a skeleton a very skeleton um service because we are a gas and heating firm, and obviously people's bodies still break and still leaks around but obviously, mm. in this case, we have covered made sure p c um our p p e is is really really important to us so we've we've gotten to that first and foremost but yeah on general general terms as i said you we are we're we're very dynamic as a company to try and introduce these ppe these new measures that's going to be ever-changing in this ever-changing world because of this circumstance
0: Mm. I think it is going to be an ever-changing world as a result of COVID-19. Sure. You're absolutely right there. And do you think some features of the lockdown period in particular, particularly that sort of transition to home working in a lot of cases, could well become a permanent fixture of the way that business operates in the UK?
1: Well, 100%. What, what what I'm finding, to be honest with you, is changing. It. It's such a drastic effect of like, way we work here, the way we're working, all the everything, all the measures taken out. So what what m- m- what I'm trying to do is just adapt as quickly as possible to the ever-changing climate. I really feel that's really so you've got to be aware with communication to your staff, to your clients, obviously getting get as much press coverage as possible to see what up to, what measures new measures are being taken by the government and you've got to try and adapt the business to it. so that's really important I think at this time.
0: And what do you think the long-term effect of the pandemic will be specifically on your industry? <laughs>
1: Right, um, I think it will start from the top, as you say. Um, the building sector normally goes first, so I'll have to be on that. And this, what will happen if the building sector from the top starts declining? Obviously, more engineers go out on the road and do my sort of work, and hence there's more, there's more, less work for each individual company, which I get. What we have to do, a lot more farmers are going for the same job, it seems, at the moment, so we'll have to adjust our price maybe accordingly. Um the other thing is just get make sure we're getting our customers um, our customer services top notch as always to make sure that we've got the best chance and um of dealing this this little sort of light like, interruption of service like the, the work out there and um yeah that's what we could say yeah we we've just got keep on, keep 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 doing what we're doing um get keeping our service to the maximum we can do
0: and when it comes to sort of mentally preparing yourself to deal with a significant challenge or a crisis, and I'm not just talking with the, in terms of COVID here, I'm talking like in the yeah. everyday context of running a business sure. like Trade TradeForce, um, when you yeah. sort of have to, when you, when you know that something is coming on the horizon, how do you mentally prepare yourself to deal with it?
1: Well, that's a tough question because, as you say, you got no one to uh, you, you. Well, I've got a partner who's great who supports me. And, has to, and I've had a newborn son, who I you got to have to be able to switch off in certain stance. So you, you obviously got to work hard. That's that's a given to get to be a success. But you always you also have to switch off and mentally switch off and work and enjoy your personal life because as much as possible, because it, you, only, you only do only live once. And It's getting a fine balance in doing that. I feel. So switching off is really, really important for your well-being and for your staff as well, because obviously whatever you do, your staff will do. So that's quite important, and i leave that to my staff.
0: How easy do you find it to switch off yourself from the hectic world of running a business?
1: Well, it took a bit of time, I'll be honest with you, um, because I bet every business owner is sitting at home, sitting at home, thinking about the same thing, when you go to sleep at night, it's on your mind, staying up. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of business owners have gone through that, as I have. But it's difficult. There is people you could talk to or you could go to um, sports activities. I know in this climate, as you say, gyms have just opened and that's been quite difficult as well. But going for walks, um, obviously I've got a brand new son, so I'd like to go, go to walk with him and my missus. Um yeah, just, you've got to find that time to just do that sports activity, to do activities with your family, with close people, and that helps you switch off of, um, incredibly.
0: I think what this pandemic has certainly done is it's thrust back into the limelight, hasn't it? The importance of mental health and well-being in sure. business and in leadership, both in terms of safeguarding your yeah. own and also that of those around you, hasn't it?
1: Yeah. And it's, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, it does feel lonely at the top. There's never a truer saying, and it does, because you You've got to make it happen yourself all in that circumstance of helping yourself, helping your um because if you're gonna be miserable, your family's gonna be miserable, it leads, when you lead, when you're a leader, that's what happens. it, mm. it leads down, it thrills down to the bottom. So you've got to like look after yourself. You're the most important person to look after in business. So that's really important. I try I don't stress enough for that.
0: It's a hugely important point that, Mike, isn't it? That it is a lonely place yeah. at the top because...
1: Uh, um, 100%. It is very lonely at the top. And my missus always says, I'm here for you. And sometimes I would go into myself and, you know, she knows, she knows, well, she'll get, you know, she gets upset because I'm upset, but you've got to find a way because it's so important to find that time and that energy because sometimes you do feel like your energy low so you've got to find the energy and just go, go for the walk with your whoever close close to your loved ones. So that's really important.
0: And of course, it's a natural reaction in a time of difficulty for anybody to look up to their business leaders, managers and executives for inspiration and direction yeah. when they need it. But for you yeah, being right. at the top of the tree where there is nobody above you to refer to, it makes it all the more lonely, doesn't it? So would you say um, that your inspiration therefore comes from your family?
1: Well, it does. It comes from my family and the people below you because you've got you – being a leader, you've got to stand out and be candid that's how I feel and it, it gives me the strength because people are relying on you and your your actions it gives you the strength to actually carry on it's like to like we will get a bit, be positive like right? positive I have read a few books as well which I can tell you over over the over if you like. I can give you some books that I've read. so that was they they've been really helpful like building I've read the book called Building for Your Future by Greg Wilkes and that was really helpful. Mm. Just like, just, just positive, it was just a positive thing to do. But like, all these positive books, they're quite good. I found that helpful. But it's you've got to find your own niche to be positive and lead by example to your staff.
0: I think that's very right and just considering that it's come under an enormous amount of debate during the pandemic period as well and we've spoken already about the measures that the governments have brought in, small business loans, of course the furlough scheme as well that's helped so many businesses but there's just been a great deal of discussion surrounding that about the clarity of certain safety procedures and guidelines. Um, How have you felt from that point of view Mike? Have you been satisfied that you've known business-wise exactly what's been expected of you?
1: Sometimes it's been a bit clarity, I'll be honest with you, I feel what 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 my my solution to that it, we, we 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 would we want to go to that um, our big our steps have been well how can I explain to you have been the utmost protection as possible mm. from day one because we knew it was I found out it was a big bad so we made sure our PPE was always spot on from day one we always had our masks, we were utmost gloves going in and we sprayed down determined term disinfectant after we were working. And that was from day one, we felt that, and it's still happening now. And we're still going to do that until we know the virus is completely gone.
0: And of course, it's been a very difficult and a very sensitive time for many this last few months. But (laughs) would you say that there are any positives that you can take from this difficult time? Maybe that it's galvanised you as a business?
1: Well, yeah, there is positives because the the human spirit, it still lives on. That's a really good positive to have. And we're still here. The company is still here fighting. And fighting for our clients as well. So, you know, we're here for our clients. That's a positive thing. And we, we've adapted how we've adapted workings now for our clients to make sure they are all safe. That's, that's the number one priority. So that's definitely a positive in that case. Um, it just proves that what, once you get through stuff, it's, it's no true saying. What don't break you, burn makes you stronger. So that's what's happened really as well. So, yeah, we motor on.
0: I suppose it's been a significant learning curve for businesses and business executives, hasn't it, this period, having this experience of crisis management, as it were. And uh, I think that word learning is incredibly important because even when we are running our own businesses, we're in leadership positions. I don't think we are ever a finished article, are we? It's still constantly a process of developing and learning even then.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree, hundred percent. That's the big. That's the first thing you learn when you start getting successful. That you're always adapting because things are changing ever so, especially in this climate, it's ever so quickly, ever so quickly. So you've got to change with it. You're always adapting yourself and learn yourself. You are the biggest investment in your company. You are because you make all the decisions. You make how your ethos as a company. You make you create all this. So you've got to. Um, You've got to be able to adapt quickly and um, dynamically in this, definitely in this climate.
0: And we have mentioned, of course, the L word, leader, a lot over the course of the uh, the last sort of 10, 15 minutes. Uh, but if yep. we just sort of take that aside for a moment and consider that in just a little bit more depth, how would you define the role of a leader? What is a leader and what ought they be?
1: Well, um, I don't believe in dictatorship myself. I don't like, you know, um, there's a, There's a way to do. There's a way to do things to to deal with people. I think you've got to lead by example, and that's. I like to have the leader of a family institution, where everyone's like you know. All my engineers are like my friends, not too friendly. There's a line you though you do keep because you know you do. You can go over the line. It was a really important line, but I like to have a leader. So I've got to be the best dressed, the most on time, the most presentable. You've got to do that, I think, and then your staff will follow suit. Your best customer service. What do you do to give this customer service that you go out? Because I show them myself as an as an engineer, because I am an ex engineer. I'm not a businessman, really. I've been brought up as an engineer, so I show them the way, and they follow suit. It's a natural thing that they automatically follow your ethos, your how you term present yourself, and so and so on.
0: And going back several years now, uh, Mike, to your past, as you sort of briefly mentioned there, you completed your training at British Gas before launching your own business yeah. in 2006. You combined your yeah. training in other areas then to make for a diverse offering, and it's grown yeah. into quite um, the success since then. But what was the moment when you knew that going into business for yourself and going down that self-employed route was the way forward?
1: Um, well, um, it's when we you know when you... It's a feeling inside that you feel automatically you feel self-accomplished. It's a strange thing that your clients start calling you all the time and tell you how good you're doing. Give me, oh, I want to give me more work. And, you know, and then obviously you, get, you feel self-accomplished. And once you feel that self-accomplishment, you feel much more confident. And then the rest sort of follows after that. The confidence that it brings is really helpful. It's all about confidence. You've got to gain that confidence. From somehow, but I gained it luckily from my clients and they, because they couldn't get enough for my work and my work ethos. So that was quite important.
0: Mm. And of course, going from being a sole trader for a while to working with a group of people having secured that lucrative gas engineering yeah. contract with Kinley, Folkert and Hayward, of course, how was it yeah. sort of adjusting to then working with a team?
1: It was difficult initially, I ain't going to lie. It, I, I did have a lot of... Um, unfortunate incidents, and um made a few mistakes, which I, you know, you have to learn from. I learned from them really quickly, though, because they were expensive mistakes. But don't get down about it. Pick yourself up, brush yourself off, and stand up again and carry on. That's all I could say, because no one's perfect in business. I, I certainly wasn't. I made a lot of costly errors. But it puts you in a position of, as we talk, spoke about earlier, of you learning all the time. That's really important.
0: I suppose in a way, I mean, we can't really hope to develop into effective leaders in our roles without having that experience of getting things sure. wrong and then embracing the, uh, the learning curve.
1: Yeah, sure, exactly.
0: And this might seem a little bit of a mean question to follow on, Mike, but based upon all of the years of experience that you do have now, if you could go back to 2006 when you first started the business, is there anything that you would do differently or would you just embrace that journey you've been on?
1: I think you have to. Well, I I embrace it now because at the time I didn't. I would learn. I would try to learn to switch off better and not work so 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 difficult, like so vigorously. But at the time, it suited me because I was a single man. I didn't have a young family at the time, so it suited me to work the twenty four hours, get stressed, and you know, it suited me at the time. So I wouldn't change anything. But looking back, I wish I handled it better and my time management was better back at the time. It was quite vigorous and quite um, yeah it weren't very I weren't very organized in, within myself, which I would change straight away, so that's quite important a little tip for everyone that's young and wants to get into leadership is your time management is so important
0: mm. so what other advice would you actually give to somebody looking to maybe start out in business, maybe among the younger generation um, my
1: advice would be don't give up um. Always look positively throughout. Just, your energy is so important. You are your business. And if whatever your ethos and personality is, your business will run off. And um, that's how your clients will see you. That's really important. So just don't give up. Keep going, even if you get knocked back. Um, it is, I'll be honest with you. It's for some people and it, it's for not others. I, I, I do understand that. There's some leaders and some people that don't want to lead. But if you are one of those people, don't give up because it's, it it will come eventually. It does as long as you keep learning, keep um, yeah, keep learning from your mistakes, and you will make mistakes. That's really important.
0: I suppose it's important for those aspiring to be leaders to recognise as well that it comes in many different forms, doesn't it? A leader isn't sure. always has to, having to be somebody who sticks their head above the parapet, as it were. It can be someone who kind of just goes about their business quietly and just leads internally. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because like, um, I used to have a business partner, but when we were like in one company together, and, um, and he, he was different in the, his way of leading. But if he was he used to say I should do that, it's sort of like it was implied to me. You should, oh, you should dictate to them what to do. But it's not. It's, you've got to bring out the best of people, and it's quite. It's a very difficult thing to do. It's like being, looking at it human beings. Some people need to be pushed up the backside. Some people need to arm arm random. It's very difficult, but you. You get that through experience of just dealing with more and more of your staff. You've got to go through the motion, and if you're not skilled at it already, some people are naturally gifted. You. you say, "I can look at someone in his arm around him, or whatever," or you need a good kick of the backside. But you'll learn that sort of process as you get as you grow yourself.
0: Mm, exactly, we've already talked about learning, and it is a process of learning on the job, gathering that experience, yeah. and using that to sort of just mould and adapt your own leadership style in a way. Sure. Um, sure thinking of the future mike just before we do sort of wrap things up on the the program today it has yeah. of course been a few months since uh, trade force featured in the uh, the parliamentary review and you mentioned in the article that you put together for that guide to best practice that prior to the covid 19 pandemic you were eyeing up at, um, in terms of future plans to increase your local reputation by investing in branding rebranding the business um Sort of sprucing up the business website and just seeking to increase the awareness of the firm as it, as a whole. Mm. Um, has that been put on hold by the situation as yeah. it is, or is that still on the um, agenda?
1: It's still the agenda. It's still uh, what I, what, I, what I have done in this lockdown, to be honest with you. I've had a lot of time um building that up, the sort of like mm. the background of it, and the, so I've had a lot of time doing that. And I've, I've actually gone what I've created now is um, I've got Trade Force Gas and Heating, but I'm going to go to more of the energy sector, the, obviously the renewables and stuff like that, because it's going to be a massive up in 10 years' time. It's going to be a really big industry. So we're going to Trade Force Gas and Heating, which is, is going to support sort of like all local people to try and get more energy efficient in their workings of heatings because all these new controls are coming in. So I've got a lot of courses whilst I'm not there. As I say, ever learning. And um, yeah, we're going to try and hit that. As I say, it's going to the new. I have got two more apprentices starting as well, hopefully in September. So that's another good thing. And they, one of them is going to be going to the energy sector as well. So I've got, done a lot of training myself. And um, we are obviously being a dynamic company, we are doing that.
0: Sounds like some incredibly exciting plans on the horizon. So over the next sort of 12 to 18 months, as we're grappling with the challenges of this new normal way of working and living that we are going to have to get used to until we emerge from COVID, what is it that you're ultimately hoping to achieve, Mike?
1: Well, as I said, what we're trying to do is um, we were trying to get more youngsters through our training scheme because I think building them from the start, as I say, they work alongside my ethos and my company's ethos and um, they're ready-made, basically. Once we do that, go through our training program. Um, that's really important. And that will automatically give you the clientele-based um, extension that we want to get out to. We're going to try and get, to as you say, more local and bring tele about energy-efficient stuff as well. That's what we want to try and to try, it towards, this energy-efficient. It's really important about the saving the planet mm. and saving money for yourselves as well.
0: Of course, um, there's a huge emphasis on a green recovery um, as we um, move out of the COVID pandemic as well. And let's hope there's some positive news to share on that front, Mike. Um, We are just about out of time on the uh, the program today, but I have to say it's been a real pleasure and also really insightful actually having you join us, Mike, to discuss your take on leadership and what the business is also getting on with behind the scenes as well. It's my pleasure. And considering as well that there are still a great many variables in the way that the pandemic could go, I actually think it would be wonderful to catch up in the next few months and have you back on the programme. And hopefully there'll be some positive news to share, not just in terms of where we are as a society and as an economy, but also yep. in the business as well and how you're branching out into the energy sector.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. No problem. I'd love to.
0: It'll be fantastic, Mike. I've really enjoyed having you join us today. And most uh, importantly, um, Mike, do take care and do stay safe in the meantime with all still going on.
1: And yourself. Excellent. Love to everyone out there. Thank you.
0: I reiterate that message to everybody out there as well. Do please be careful, look after yourselves and others because it does make a tangible difference in keeping people safe and saving lives. I was speaking on today's programme to Michael Carolambus, founder of TradeForce Gas and Heating. I hope you all enjoyed the interview and of course learning more about how the whole TradeForce team is continuing to raise standards even throughout this challenging time. Next up on the programme, I'll be handing over to Matthew O'Neill for his exclusive interview with former Education Secretary and Leaders' Council Chairman, Lord Blunkett. Lord Blunkett is today an active member of the House of Lords, as well as being a prominent former Labour MP and Secretary of State. In fact, during his political career, he rose to prominence to become one of the most renowned politicians of his generation, holding various senior positions in Tony Blair's cabinet and serving as the MP for his Sheffield, Brightside and Hillsborough constituency for 28 years, all despite being blind from birth. It was August 2015 when he was elevated to the House of Lords as Baron Blunkett of Brightside and Hillsborough, and I hope that you all enjoy listening just as much as Matthew relished the opportunity to speak with him. That is, of course, coming up next.
2: Lord Blunkett, welcome.
3: Thank you very much. It's very good to be with you. To take advantage of in nineteen ninety seven when I joined the cabinet
2: now, I know what your answer is going to be to this question, but uh indulge me um do you think secure has what it takes to be p m
3: Yes, I do. I think he has the background, he has the experience, he has the professionalism, he has the forensic uh, mindset, and he has the confidence to have put a team around him Thank you very much, and good luck to all those listening in what has been a nightmare scenario. Good luck for the future. Have courage, have confidence, and yes, listen to those who know more about business than I ever will. Thank you, Lord Blunkett. Thank you.
0: As always, it has been a pleasure both listening to and learning from our guests. I have been your host, Scott Challoner, and I hope that you all enjoyed listening. Until next time, I'll be back in the newly reopened Westminster arms and raising a socially distanced class to raising standards. Remember, although we are seeing things slowly returning to some form of normal, do continue to be sensible and look after yourselves and others because it does make a huge difference in keeping people safe and saving lives. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find every episode on iTunes, YouTube and Spotify. The views expressed by each guest in the podcast are their own. They do not represent the opinions of the Parliamentary Review, Westminster Publications, Lord Pickles, Lord Blunkett, David Curry, or any other guest on the podcast. If you'd like to know more about the Parliamentary Review, please visit www.theparliamentaryreview.co.uk.